the ExxonMobil Formula One podcast. Off David Croft. Well, hello there and welcome to the latest edition of the ExxonMobil F1 podcast. I'm David Croft and what a busy and exciting few weeks it's been in the world of Formula One. Uh, the title race looks like it's going right down to the wire now. Max has led the championship after 11 of the 19 rounds so far. But you remember back in May, Lewis Hamilton led the championship by 14 points going into the Monaco Grand Prix and he left that race trailing by four points. So whilst Max has the lead at the moment, both drivers are well aware that anything can happen from here on in. Yes, F1 was back in Austin and boy did we miss the US Grand Prix last year. And by the looks of it, the US very much missed Formula One too. Record attendances and a dramatic conclusion to the race as Max just held off the charge of Lewis Hamilton to win by just 1.3 seconds. That's less than the time it takes to make an F1 pit stop and not bad after 56 laps of racing. And what a start to the week it was too as both Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez paid a visit to the 385-acre ExxonMobil campus in Houston for some fun and games and a chance to meet some of the employees on site. Joining them were Kevin Harvick and Ari Almirola from the Mobile One Stuart Haas NASCAR team as the drivers competed with ExxonMobil employees for the fastest F1 and NASCAR pit stops. After all, we had NASCAR in Texas one weekend and F1 in Texas the next weekend, with ExxonMobil very much at the heart of both race series, as Kai Decker, marketing services and sponsorship manager, explained to me. It's the best of both worlds. I mean, that's one of the things we take pride in, you know, to be present in every level of motorsports, be it F1, NASCAR, or even down to grassroots racing, we want to make sure that our products really are tested in each and every possible challenging position so that we can deliver the best value and the best performance to our customers. It's not just a case of wanting to be associated with with world-class sport. There's a, there's a technical reason why ExxonMobil invests so heavily in its motorsport projects as well. Absolutely. I know. What, what we are running on the track today, the consumer will benefit from in a couple of years from now um, or the other way around you know what people have in their cars today was on the Formula One track a couple of years ago so and I think that's in our it's really in our DNA we're giving our engineers really a platform to push the boundaries of what is doable with the molecules and again you know turn them into products for the benefit of our consumers that's incredible two years time normally things take a lot longer to go from research to tested in an environment like world-class motorsports to, to then going onto the shelves for the consumer. That, that seems a very short time frame. Well, I mean, of course, there is ranges depending on the product and the application mm. you're looking at because we're not only doing engine oils, we're providing greases, we're actually doing, yeah, you know, we're putting the oil into the wheel guns. Um, so, of course, by product, there is a certain range in there, but that's our aspiration. Turn things around quickly from the racetrack to our consumers. Mobile One has been associated with Formula One well, since the very first race of the World Championship at Silverstone. Is, is there a pressure that because of that long-time heritage, you've still got to be associated with Formula One? Or is it very much you're, you're in it because it ticks every box in terms of research, marketability, pushing technological, uh, technological boundaries? You're not just in it because you feel you have to be? No, I think, I mean, for us, this is not pressure, it's an opportunity. I mean, it is really an opportunity to, you know, again, push the boundaries of what is doable with the molecules, learn for ourselves, it, it challenge, push, our own organization, our own uh, engineers, 
And uh, in that regard, no, it's, it's, it's an opportunity. That's all it is. How important is it for you as well that, that you, don't just, you don't just have that, that visible success on a TV screen or, or, or in a championship table, but you have the opportunity to bring Max Verstappen, Checo Perez, um, Eric and, and, and Kevin as well from the Stuart uh, Haas team from NASCAR to actually bring them to the employees? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, we want to win, right? Yeah. We want to win on the track. We want to win off the track. We want to win at the retail shelf. We want to want to win at the pump. We want to win against competition, you know, in each and every business area that, that we are in. At the same time, you, of course, are looking to partner with organizations who are, let's say, marketing savvy, who have also a large reach among consumers so that you can join those organizations. Red Bull being here today, I mean, they're a marketing powerhouse. We're working with the NBA as well. Those guys have billion social followers. If you count it all together, players, teams, and league. Stuart Haas Racing is an extremely creative organization, and we, we really take pride in being able to bring that to our employees and really illustrate, really give our employees a picture of what is the result of everyone's work on this campus and yeah. you know the 10,000 people that work here really contribute to what is in our product you know our products run on a racetrack they run on a normal road I think it's 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 all about the employees and making clear that they are the reason racetracks uh, race cars are on the track mm. and our products are on the shelf and, and it's a two-way street I, I like what you're saying there not just bring the face bring the, the the celebrity face to the employees but also to show the employees to the celebrity faces because it's it's important i think for max for checo for anyone who's representing mm. exxon mobile that they see yeah. the people that are putting them yeah. first on the track it's probably a good good parallel i mean without without the fans out there in the stands i mean the drivers and the teams they wouldn't be anything right yeah. and we as an organization marketing sales whatever you know we we wouldn't be able to bring all of those products out there into the right sales channels, into the right places for our consumers to have access to without of the work that each and every of our employees is, is doing. The other thing today I, I hope we were able to demonstrate is that it's also a good example for resilience because yeah. the whole world has been through a very challenging, call it 18 months, and with that, Everyone had to go through some challenges, you know, and prove that we are resilient as an organization. And if you look at those racing series that were on the stage today, NASCAR was back on the racetrack, I think, two months after COVID hit. Yeah. So they COVID hit in March 2019. NASCAR back on the track eight weeks later. Formula One came back in June with actually Red Bull on their own home track at the um, Red Bull Ring in Austria. And I think those organizations had to go through a lot as well and put a lot of pieces into movement. I think Dr. Marco, the uh, motorsports advisor from Red Bull, I think he personally talked to the government to make all of that happen. I think it was a good parallel also in that regard to all the challenges that our employees had to go through over the last 18 months to come out successful on the other end. The Exxon Mobil Formula One Podcast. Well, the world has certainly changed in the last 20 months, and in Formula One, the testing procedures and team bubbles still remain in place, helping to keep the sport on the road and keep those working in it as safe as possible. By the time we reach Abu Dhabi, we'll have had 39 races in the space of 75 weeks since the start of last season, plus, of course, testing in between. It's been relentless, but the fans are loving it, as was proved in Houston, with so many fans on campus coming to join in the fun. 
Nigel Searle, Senior Vice President of Lubricants, introduced proceedings and was delighted that after a few years' absence, ExxonMobil could welcome its stars back again. When you think about uh, the last couple of years for all companies, society in general, COVID and many, many business challenges, um, to be able to bring the team here, the drivers, you saw the response from the employees, four, five, six hundred people here, all excited to be part of the Formula One event. And Formula One getting bigger and bigger than ever I've seen it in the States before, which I know ExxonMobil are a global company. It must be absolutely wonderful for the atmosphere on campus that A, more and more people are watching and B, you're right at the top of the success tree this season in 2021. Yeah, it doesn't always work out like that <laughs> when you've been a partner of teams over many years. Fortunately, we've been lucky enough to, to win many times with our teams, but seeing Red Bull being so competitive this year, really good chance of winning. And our teams, whether they're technologists, whether they are the marketers, they're proud to be associated with a, with a team like Red Bull. And we know that our lubricants, our greases, our fuels play a part in making the team competitive, and that's really special for us. And what about you? Do you get a chance to watch the races? I, oh. I, know, I know you're a busy man, but... Oh yeah, no, this is uh, weekends for me. I'm thinking about how much English Premier League football am I going to watch <laughs> and when is the Formula One race on and the NASCAR race on as well, to be fair. Um, no, that's a big part of me. I'm a sports person. I love sport. And uh, from a young boy, uh, as a Brit, you know, I've been looking at Formula One all my life and to be this close to it, to be uh, with teams that really have a great chance of winning, I mean, that's pretty special. Yeah, six races to go. Where do you think it'll get decided this year? Do you think it's going all the way to Abu Dhabi? Or do you think that Max, will, you know, some success maybe this weekend in Austin or Mexico, Brazil might wrap it up a bit sooner? Yeah, tough question. I think uh, there's the marketer in me, wouldn't mind it going right to the last race. <laughs> yeah. And we win by one point on the final corner, something <laughs> like I'll that. I'll take that as a commentator yeah. as well. Yes, that would be tremendous for both of us. Um, yeah, I mean... I'm, They've got a great chance to win this year. I mean, we've seen some spoils and things happen on the track that we didn't expect, so you never know. It's a, it's a live event. That's why we watch. You never know what's going to happen, but um, we're in a great position. I sort of hope we win it on the last race, last yeah. corner, right down the straight and cross the checkered flag first. As soon as the checkered flag falls, we're thinking about next year as well because yeah. it's one thing to do it this year, but ExxonMobil are playing their part for next season, the season, and the seasons after that as well. This is not... A, a, an immediate thing this this is a long-term project it's not one and done um, our technologists are already working with the Red Bull team on what we can do for our our lubes our greases our fuels to make them more competitive next year so no this, this is a 24 7 52 weeks a year kind of thing right uh, Formula One's practically always on we like that that's our yeah. business we're 24 7 2 in everything we do so that fits our personality and uh, it fits our DNA we, we love to win on Mobile Formula One podcast. Well, who doesn't live to win a great to catch up with Nigel and victory for Max Verstappen would follow just a few days later. Max repeated his winning ways in Mexico, but there was no doubt who was the main attraction for the 150,000 crowd on race day or the 400,000 fans who came to the race over the whole weekend. Of course, it was Sergio Perez. He became the first Mexican driver ever to lead his home Grand Prix and to stand on the podium in their home race as well. Sergio finished third and so very nearly managed to overtake Lewis Hamilton in the closing stages. Here in a much quieter Qatar, I got the chance to catch up with Sergio and reflect on what was a hugely emotional weekend in Mexico City for the man from Guadalajara. Mexico was very different to this, this weekend. 
Um, it was very intense with the fans, with the media, with the commitments. It got pretty intense, but it was really enjoyable, you know. At the end of the day, it's as a driver what you dreamt of, you know, like having all the grandstands full, supporting you. It's something that, I mean, I'm very lucky to have because very few drivers in the world get to experience mm. that amount of, of uh, support. Take us through your emotions when you stood on the podium, uh, when Carlos Slim uh, presented you with the trophy, you held it aloft and Mexico City erupted. But what was going through your mind? Yeah, that was really, really enjoyable. You know, um, when he gave me the trophy, it was like a big day for the both of us. You know, we've been through this together. We started our careers at the same time and it was just a great moment for us, you know, to 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 experience, you know, like something we will never imagine, you know, he, him giving me the trophy uh, at our home race, you know, it was really enjoyable. You've been in Formula One uh, for a few years now, so you've got used to people recognizing you, but I just felt you couldn't go anywhere in Mexico City without seeing massive pictures of you staring down uh, at people. You were advertising all sorts of different products. Um, was that a, a bit strange, a bit weird, maybe, to see so many billboards with your uh, face on it? Uh, no, I got pretty used to, to, <laughs> to it by now, but I have to say, you know, a lot of things combined for that weekend, you know, the the fact that people were coming out of COVID, first big event, um, also uh, the chance of winning the race, uh, that it was a realistic chance. And uh, I think it was just a tremendous atmosphere back there in, in Mexico. Did you enjoy the chase for Lewis Hamilton in, in the closing laps? Because it was the one story. Everything else had kind of been settled. But we were willing you on from the commentary box, and I'm sure you were too. Yeah, I was really... I really thought at some point that it was going to be really close. Um, I think we missed the chance to undercut him, um, but uh, at the end of the day, it was yeah, it was good. It was good to to give him a, a run for his money. It was a good result for the team, but it will it will have been great, you know, to to get the one too. Three three podiums on the trot. Um, you're coming into form. Fourth place uh, kind of ended that run in Brazil. But but what's been the key difference in terms of your performance in the car recently? Well, a lot of work, you know. I, I, halfway through the season, I think we lost a bit of direction trying too many things on the car. Um, but it's been a lot of work put by me, by the team, just to understand the best way to, to drive this car. And I think finally, finally I'm there, you know. I think I uh, feel pretty confident now to keep this form I think I should have been on the podium in in Brazil as well if it was not for the virtual safety car so yeah looking forward to to keep this run of races going. Is it intense within the team because it's so close in the championship and you're playing your part in that constructors battle but how intense does it get within the team? It is very intense uh, especially at this stage of, of the season. If, if you were to make a prediction do you think Red Bull have got everything in hand you max the car the fuel the oils to make that count and win that constructors title yeah i want to believe that we will we will make it but for that we we just have to be perfect but um, a lot to play for still the exxon mobile formula one podcast 
Now, finally on the podcast this week, let's hear from Red Bull's reserve driver, Alex Albon, who's had a pretty interesting season this year. On the track, after losing his Red Bull seat to Sergio, he's been competing in DTM and won his maiden race in that series back in August. He's also been working very hard back at the factory in Milton Keynes in the team simulator and just recently was announced as one of the Williams drivers for next year in Formula One. Alex is back on the grid and smiling as we caught up with him in the Qatar paddock. It's been a, a long year in some respects just because, you, you know, you, it's never fun to watch other cars or other drivers drive in Formula One and, you, and you're on the sidelines. But at the same time, it was... Um, it was good to uh, fuel my hunger, fuel, yeah. fuel my desire, and um, worked hard. And fortunately, got an opportunity to to be back. So it feels uh, feels pretty good. Must be quite sad though to be leaving the Red Bull family. You, you, you've been a part of the Red Bull family for so many years now. Uh, yes. But sometimes you kind of have to break away from the family to to, to come back another day, a, a better driver as a result. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> if there was a space, I would have <laughs> I would have been back. <laughs> but. Um, as you said, uh, you know, there's only 20 seats in F1 and to be able to have the opportunity to get a seat um, is very rare. So, um, yeah, there was a lot of hard work as well going behind the scenes. Um, and the guys actually helped me out a lot with, with everything going on. So, you know, I owe it to them as much as everyone else. And it will be um, sad to, to leave the guys as much as I uh, like to uh, wind them up. It's... Uh, you know their family and um, I've been with them since I was like, 11 12 years old yeah. so so well and um, so tell us about what has been going on behind the scenes what, what, what is a typical weekend when you're not at the track look like for you sunbathing at the hotel you're right <laughs> I don't think that's true <laughs> no we're quite busy um, so my role this year has been predominantly working at, on the simulator and making sure we hit FP1 in a respectable window um, and then on top of that you know the guys they, they there's it's never perfect and we, we don't nail it straight away but it's about adjusting the car and making sure the work I do on the simulator translates to the track so hopefully by Friday night we're working hard and most of the most of the weekends I'm, I'm spent you know Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday back in Milton Keynes and uh, in the UK and then flying out Saturday morning to the racetrack to fulfil my um, reserve role. And, and what are you doing? Uh, race simulations, quali simulations, bit of both? Bit of both. Um, it's mainly quali simulations because, generally speaking, a good quali car makes a good race car. You know, there's a little bit of everything going on, but yes, we, we, we work on, on the Saturday performance, um, but also making sure that in terms of aerodynamics and downforce in the car we don't want to make uh, that that is where there is a difference and we don't want to make a quali car so good in qualifying that but then when you come to sunday you're sitting nowhere because because you've got no straight line speed yeah are, are there moments where you can see the difference that you've made so you've got into the sim you've gone maybe a different direction based on your findings rebel have gone on to, to, to win the race yeah there's been a few examples i think at least three or four where we've been nowhere on a friday and being able to turn it around um, on a Saturday, so it feels good. I think Monaco was the was a good example of that. We were not we weren't nowhere on a Friday, but um, you know, actually Max should have got pole during that race if there was that. Do you remember that that, yeah, char- that crash? There was a crash in qualifying. <laughs> there, there was a uh, crash, and he was on for pole. And he was on for pole. La, 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 Yellow la. flags came out. <laughs> exactly, but 
that was a Monday to Friday uh, sim session. That wow. was on the uh, in, in Monaco from Monday onwards, and um, yeah, we 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 came out strong, and it does feel good. And and also, you know, the guys are, um, you know, Adrian Newey and and the drivers themselves, Christian. They they all they all listen to it, and they they value what I say, which is nice because when when we're in the debriefs and we're talking about the car, because of me driving the car from last year the cars aren't very different this year you know a lot of the, everything carries over mm. and so when the drivers talk i can very much hear and know what they're talking about i can really understand what they're feeling going through a corner and i can use that for the simulator fantastic um do you think as well that, that when you do hit the track because of the work you've been doing in the sim there won't be any rustiness I know you've been competing in in, in, sure. in in sports cars, but not in single seaters. So, so will there be a bit of rustiness? Or Truthfully, not? yes, there okay. will be. It, it will never be seamless after a year away because um, a sim is great. Firstly, there's a reset button, which which is always easy <laughs> driving a driving a simulator. But also, it's that it's that pure G-force feeling on your bum that kind of sensation which you can't really replicate on a on a simulator so they will take time and um you know there's you can take some examples down the grid there's Fernando Alonso or Esteban Ocon you know they took they took time it, it yeah. wasn't so easy for them so um you know I don't want to go into the first race of the season with expectations through the roof and you know I want to go in with a bang I do know it's going to be a little bit more of a um find your feet feeling and get back into the rhythm um but I know that, and I'm preparing myself now, you know, just getting ready as mentally and physically as I can for, for the season ahead. And when you're not driving on the track, uh, you're still driving on the golf course. Um, how's, I am. How's the handicap yes. coming on? Uh, it's not reducing, which is kind of scary, <laughs> because I'm playing enough that it should be. Um, I have a good coach. My girlfriend's a, a golf player, so you would think that I would be improving, but... You know, it's weird. It's like, you know, when your mum and dad tells you something yep. and because it's your mum and dad, you don't listen. But but if anyone else told it to you, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, you, you've got a good point there. It's the same thing with my girlfriend. She'd be like, oh, Alex, you're doing this wrong. And like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll try it and I, it'll be, I'll try it for the first shot and it won't work. And I'll be like, see, I told you it doesn't work. And she'd be like, no, you've got to keep at it. Like, you've got to keep going. And I'm just too stubborn and, and I want results instantly. <laughs> yeah. So instead of, let's say, shanking it right every time I just aim more left and just go about it that way that's kind of my trick yeah sounds like my game <laughs> to be honest um, sounds like you're going to need a new golf partner in the future too true 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 um, I'll, I'll, I'll find one I, I do want to take lessons and um, just not from your partner just not from my, not from my girlfriend exactly it, it has to be from someone else we'll, we'll, we'll find you one yeah but I get the feeling you're going to be quite busy doing the proper driving <laughs> as well um, welcome back and, Thank you and thanks much. for joining us today. Thank you. The ExxonMobil Formula One Podcast. 
Well, it's going to be so good to see Alex back on the grid next year and, fingers crossed, his golf improves in the future too. And that's just about it for the ExxonMobil F1 podcast for this episode. We'll be back with one more episode in Abu Dhabi at the season end ahead of the final race. Will the title go down to the wire? Will Red Bull, with the help of ExxonMobil, finally end that Mercedes dominance that the team have had since 2014? Now, if you want to know more about ExxonMobil's technical partnership, head to the ExxonMobil Internal Motorsport website at www.mobile1motorsport.com. But in the meantime, enjoy the racing. It's going to be absolutely gripping on track. Take care, and we'll be back in a few weeks' time. The ExxonMobil Formula One Podcast. With David Croft.